K-A-L-W. It's the first round of the playoffs. Game two in Oakland against the LA Clippers. Golden State Warriors center DeMarcus Cousins pokes a ball away from an opposing player. They don't call as many fouls. You can't be lazy on He hustles down the court, despite the injury that haunts his past. That injury, it's the only reason Cousins is here. Otherwise, he'd be too expensive to play for the Warriors, who are already stocked with pricey stars. There's a cap on how much teams can spend on salaries. Cousins was a perennial all-star for the Sacramento Kings and then the New Orleans Pelicans. Six foot 11 and skilled. But on January 26, 2018, he wrecked his leg. Cousins ruptured his left Achilles tendon. It would require surgery and a year to rehabilitate. He might never be the same player. That, coupled with a rep for having a bad attitude, kept many teams from wanting to sign him. But not the Warriors. They got him for one season at a huge discount. And after returning from rehab mid-season, he was proving his worth, getting back into his old form, playing hard. So there he is, Monday night, in only his second playoff game ever, chasing down a steal. But as he runs, he stumbles. That left leg he spent so long fixing gives out, and he collapses again. And, and you hope that Cousins is not hurt because he's staying down on the floor, on the defensive end, grabbing his left hip area. He struggles to stand up, and then he heads straight for the locker room. He has to come out, Marvin. I don't know if the team... The Warriors might have to get it done without him. him. He looks very frustrated running to the... This is Bounce. I'm Ben Trefney, and we're covering the Golden State Warriors last season in Oakland before they head to San Francisco. It's not just about the drama of the playoffs. It's also about what the move means to the community so deeply invested in this team. We'll get to that. But first, let's finish up game two. When DeMarcus Cousins goes down, his teammates don't miss a beat. They dominated the first game of the series, and they still look unstoppable. Early in the third quarter, they build a 31-point lead. It's a blowout. The games are four quarters long. The Clippers get the lead down to 20. Then it's down to 10. Five. Tied. Clippers take the lead with 15 seconds left. And the Warriors never get it back. What an incredible win for the LA Clippers. They even the series at 1-1. It's the worst playoff collapse in NBA history by one of the biggest favorites ever. It's just one game. It takes four to win the series. But afterwards, shooting guard Clay Thompson says the loss of the team's big man is devastating. Hoping for a speedy recovery because we, we really need him if we want to make this run. The next day, DeMarcus Cousins gets an MRI and his worst fears are realized. Torn left quadriceps. He'll have to undergo another long rehab before playing again. It's heartbreaking for him. And the Warriors almost certainly won't have him for the rest of the playoffs. One thing is for certain, though. The fans will come. And so will the people who make a living off of them. That's where we're going to turn our attention now. Oracle Arena is right near Oakland's Coliseum BART station. 
It's really easy for folks from all over the Bay Area to get to games. The bridge that connects the BART station to the arena is a fan funnel, which makes it the perfect place for unofficial vendors to cash in. Marco Sala Gonzalez has more. Head down the stairs from the train platform, walk through the toll gates, hustle up another two flights to the bridge, and Daryl Stepp is there waiting for you in a white silk shirt, tight braided hair, and a welcoming smile. Selling beer and water. <laughs> That's what I do. I don't have no job, so this is how I make my living. Pays the bills. It's not legal. Selling alcohol without a permit is a misdemeanor in California, and three BART officers are just down the stairs. But the bridge seems to be some kind of neutral territory between BART and the Coliseum. Like right here, we're right here on their property, you know. Usually they, you know, they don't mind, you know. But sometimes they do. And when they catch him, it comes with a price. What they do is they pour your beer out. Sometimes they'll take your money. So we do pay taxes. It's all in the game. Daryl takes his chances. He sells beer for three bucks a can and water for two. He usually gets out with 150 a night. But those profits are uncertain with the Warriors' upcoming move to the Chase Center. Well, it depends on how the, how the law reacts, you know, because, you know, they got a little stricter laws in San Francisco than Oakland. So it depends what happens. You know, I mean, if they're, if they're real strict, I might have to get three or four blocks, maybe five <laughs> blocks away from the stadium. Daryl says he started selling drinks in 2010 at Candlestick Park and followed the crowds when the team left for Levi Stadium. So for him, a franchise moving across town is just a part of the game. Soon after we talk, Daryl moves his operation directly in front of the BART toll gates. The three officers march swiftly from outside the station towards him. Right away, Daryl slams his cooler shut and speed walks towards the opposing exit, probably avoiding another ticket. The bridge is a festive walkway to the game. A drummer bangs a rhythm while plenty of other people sell things. Like the pair of men who've commanded the peanut stand for years. A few people have carts with bacon-wrapped hot dogs and grilled veggies. One person selling caps and beanies that aren't officially licensed by the Warriors. Some others have a table displaying an array of t-shirts for 10 bucks a pop. Yeah, my name's Enrique Barreto. Enrique's from San Francisco. He's actually selling gear with his mom and dad, and has for years. Uh, man, for a while. As long as I can remember, pretty much. Warriors games aren't his only gig. We're gonna be in San Francisco too at the Giants games and everything, so you know what I mean? Because we all just sell the uh, Warriors stuff. And we sell, we sell Giants and we sell A's and uh, you know, Raiders, Niners. So that's what I'm saying, everybody. The Golden State Warriors, and like kind of like a melting pot. So he's not too broken up about the Dubs crossover. I mean, yeah, of course we're gonna miss this, but yeah, we gotta go, it's not like, you know, it's not that far, it's right there, you know. We just get on BART and we over there, same thing. Most fans pass the vendors without stopping, but they can't ignore this guy blowing his sacks. Okay, I'm Raul, I'm the horn player up here on the bridge that you hear bouncing and pumping, and you know, I'm your hype man when you leave. Juice up your stuff, whether you win or lose. You know, win, lose, or draw. Raul's not playing around. Performing on the bridge for almost 27 years, he's made a good chunk of change. I made over $100,000 up here. I can pay my bills and pay rent and pay, <laughs> I'm an American because of this. You understand what I'm saying? This is serious. It's not all about the money. Raul says he came up in Oakland, got his education here, and played all over the world. People see me playing out here and they think, wow, what happened? What happened is 
I did everything I was supposed to do, and, and now I'm here giving back. That's what happened. So it's a beautiful thing. It's not easy work, though. Raul says all the folks working on the bridge are going to be in a tight spot once the Warriors leave. A lot of people up here hustling, and, and it's, it's honest work, it's hard work, it's not easy. That's going to be gone. A lot of that's gone. Then what are people going to do? The Warriors' move to San Francisco represents a huge socioeconomic leap from their home in deep East Oakland. Raul says Oakland can't afford the team's absence. The neighborhood that surrounds Oracle Arena is largely made up of extremely low-income black and Hispanic folks. The area has a median household income of about $25,000 a year, one of the poorest in the Bay. You know, we need what we have just to maintain. And we can't afford to lose the Raiders and, and the Warriors and... You know what I mean? It's just, it's killing us, man. The Warriors' new stadium in the Mission Bay neighborhood of San Francisco is predominantly white and Asian. A little more than half of the households there make over $100,000 a year. Raul says he expects to follow the Warriors over to San Francisco. This is his main income, so he doesn't really have a choice. I'll probably go over there. I do not like the city. It's just very difficult. And then, and it's like $11.50 for me to get there and back. So, I mean, you know, transportation, location, 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 you know. So anyway, um, Warriors, gee, man, we, we're gonna miss you. That's all I can say. That story was reported by Marco Siler Gonzalez with help from Shereen Adel, Lena Joy, and Bo Walsh. Next time on Bounce. An unbelievable story. A team that wasn't even supposed to make the playoffs. Here they are, battling in the seventh game, trying to beat the Chicago Bulls to take on Washington. And out they come, one by one, Al Adel's Warriors. We'll return to the Warriors' start in Oakland back in the 1970s trace the team's wilderness years, and see how they built their current dynasty. And we'll find out why one of sports' best fan bases stuck with them through one of basketball's all-time playoff droughts. Oh, there was always hope. There was always uh, light at the end of the tunnel. There was always thinking that the Warriors was going to get better and he was going to get a key player. Faith can be rewarded. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Bounce. New episodes are released every Wednesday through the end of the season, so don't miss any of the action. If you like what you've heard, subscribe now, wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a production of KALW Public Radio. Our theme music was made by Daoud Anthony. Artwork is by David Boyer with Illuminaries. Our team includes Gabe Graben and James Rollins. I'm Ben Trefney. We'll keep going until the final horn. <laughs>